welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. Uh, this is episode X, Y, and Z of 2020. You're listening to Alex. I'm here with Matt. Matt, how are you? Um, not too bad. I just want to check something. I think it's episode 143 or 144. Okay. We're getting close to our gross episode. Oof, okay, a lot of pressure. Um, but that's good. Thanks for doing that. Uh, the heavy lifting for me on the numbers. I'm also joined by Ben. Ben, how are you? I'm well, thanks. And you, Alex? Good. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Um, Good. We Good don't. Chat. What we don't have is an Adam. Um, well, yeah, it's it's a bit. Should, should we air it? I think. Should I mean, we, like the people. Tell the listeners. The people deserve. The people to know. deserve think, to know. Yeah, yeah I think there's enough invested yeah. in the podcast that people deserve to know when one of us um, is, is effectively yeah, cancelled. We don't want this to come out via the media, right? And like make it yeah, yeah. Like yeah. No, well, we we want to try control the narrative of this. Yeah. But Adam has been suspended from podcasting. Yeah. Um, not not to go into too many details, but he made a unforgivable. Would you call? It? Yeah. Well, I mean, like inconceivable, even. Yeah. Uh, amateurish. I mean, amateurish un- as well. T- totally amateurish. I mean, it, uh, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to cheat, you know, let's call it what it is. If you're going to cheat, you don't make it this obvious, right? Tell no. them. So, so Ben, maybe, no. maybe, maybe you want to tell the people what what Adam stands accused of having done. I say accused. I mean, he's admitted to it. There's no. No, no. There's no accusation. There's no debate. The, 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 the trial's over. He's guilty. Yeah. He's had the he's had the points deducted. Right. So yeah, um, with, with a heavy heart, I have to say this: that as the commissioner of our, um homemade salary league because obviously if it was a proper salary league like fox or whatever the system would have picked this up but adam adam overspent and he mm. he hoped i wouldn't notice would you say he hoped i wouldn't notice? i think i mean yeah i think he assumed that you had too much in your plate yeah because like yeah you, which, you have which, been i mean which i did because yeah, no I, 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 I did i did i did i did notice and i'm not a i'm not a detail oriented commissioner yeah yeah um, so anyway, um, yeah, Adam. Adam tried to cheat. He tried to obtain Michael Alatoa illegally, mm-hmm. and um, he was sniffed out, found out, publicly shamed on the on the group. Now publicly shamed here, and yeah. So, as part of his series of punishments, he is banned from podcasting. Yeah. So, so what yeah. was the trade? Um, who, who was he trading out for, Alatoa? He was trading Aiden Ross for Michael L. Uh, okay. So that trade just got cancelled. So now he's also stuck with Aiden Ross with the Chiefs having finished playing. So was that his only trade for the day? Well, I mean, it was his only yeah. trade for Friday? Yeah. Uh, okay. I was going to say, like, I how, mean, do you, it, how would you do it if there was like three players going out? I would. I would. The whole. The, the whole, whole. Whatever. The whole bundle becomes whatever trade put it over the limit. That trade yeah. just gets cancelled. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah. tough times. Um, yeah, pretty I mean, heavy. Um, it's classic details. It is, yeah. Yeah, de- details Wakefield, like, obviously another. Cause also, cause, uh, but also, Adam is languishing at the bottom of the league. Yeah, so he was desperate. I, I'm, I'm going to say it, that this league is quite experimental, and I think we, we kind of made values climb too quickly and started with too much money. Mm. So, like, everyone else is, like, half a million dollars in the bank. But Adam, for whatever reason, just tanked his season and 
He's yeah. like fucking nickel and diming trying to legally buy Michael L. Latoa. Like I'm looking he's at coming, the... he's coming last by like 150 points. As yeah, well. I'm looking at the the the, um, the graph of the season so far, and if I'm not mistaken, after week one, Adam was second. I think that's yeah. what I'm looking at. Yeah, he tanked. And then I think he week tanked... two, he kind of dropped like played like. And then week three, he dropped he dropped to like the bottom half of the table. And then he shot down in week four to last on the log. And I think week four is when he played like 12 or 13 players. I don't know. But week four, he, he, he found his way to the bottom of the log. And he, he was so comfortable there, he never left. Um, but, he's but actually, he, he's, been yeah, growing, he... he's been growing the, the, the gap between him and uh, second last place, which is... The, the, the 13th place player or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon. it is Brandon. Brandon, yeah. Yeah. Um, Brandon no, actually, no, but it, it, yeah. Anyway, so that's the the sad, sad tale of of Adam but, details. But he, work he, for top, like, he had he had Michael Allardyce in his team yeah. in like to, round to, seven still, and yeah, Allardyce like, hadn't skipped the field. <laughs> like literally, he had enough trades to replace his entire squad at that point. Yeah, but he somehow still had Michael Allardyce. Like, yeah, it's a punishing format, doing, you know. Like? It is quite a punishing format. Um, no, it is. And, uh, Jesus, we, I've we actually, actually just looked at the graph now. Fuck, that's a big gap. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we we actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it more. We're gonna make it more punishing for Super Rugby and Zanzi as well. I've got some ideas. Okay, Hick. yeah. That Hick. does. That sounds like it's not gonna suit me. Um, I'm I'm very keen to. <laughs> I'm very Everson, keen to break into the top half of the table this this week and end on a high. Everson, I'm very concerned. Ever since Daniel popped out, your fantasy oh, career has just taken a dip. Huge, it? like big time. To think I was like I was hitting for the three feet, and it just You're fell apart. The, yeah, and then you got you got full on dicked on and draft. Yeah, big time. And now now you sort of you you scrapping. Yeah, and the, the worst part is that, like I I don't feel like I've been like making bad choices like the Allardyce thing for example uh, actually at the same time I mean I had Carl Tunick who I feel on my bench for, for most of the season but like in draft I mean I came out of the actual draft feeling super good like my first picks my first two picks were Severis and uh, David Avili uh, you know getting those two in opening two rounds like that's a great start to your draft and yeah just I felt like the draft itself went really really well but then my team just never pitched up. Yeah, David Havili swallowed a key or whatever he did. Severis well, we yeah. was a quarter of the player he was the season before. Exactly. Anyway, okay. Um, well, enough about our, our ramblings. Um, we're here to discuss a number of things, but uh, the keyword is rugby. So I'm just going to browse through the, the news stories that we have for the week. Um, so World Rugby have decided to delay the increase to the residency rule so previously the rule was supposed to be five they were moving from three years to five years uh you have to be resident in the country for five years before you could claim residency and then qualify for the national team that was set to kick in i don't know when uh but i think sometime it's now, end of this year or you know imminently uh and they've delayed that yeah. citing COVID as a reason uh but obviously there's a massive boost to countries like japan and scotland who have a host of guys who were expecting now to have to wait till 2023, but may now be able to represent as soon as next year. 
Uh, so the, yeah, there's like guys like Pierre Schoolman and uh, Dwan from the move and stuff. Yeah, those two have, have been like yeah. the sort of the, the poster boys for for this non-change. Uh, Schoolman in particular, I think, is like highly anticipated for Scotland next year. But also um, in Japan, do 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 they know? Do they know he's not that good? He's not bad. Pierre Schoolman, I thought he was quite good. Yeah, yeah, he had a good few games playing on. Playing yeah. on my team before so he, he put someone's gear. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, sorry, sorry. If he, if he's, if he's made one of Matt's draft teams as a prop, you know, yeah. he's quality. That's that's the the mint. But um, yeah, that's. The... But uh, the other one that um, people haven't really been talking about is actually actually Lionel Crenier in Japan. Oh yeah, shit. He's, he's been there for for three years now. Uh, he's never played for the Springboks, so we could be seeing a new uh, fly half for the Brave Blossoms. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, he's the I, ultimate journeyman. Like he'd, he'd lap it up. He'd yeah, no, it. no, yeah. no. Do you know? What, do you know? What, he deserves an international cap. Yeah, he does. But I don't know that but Japan would pick him. Well, they might. Yeah, like I don't. Like, oh, he's pretty good. He and he's, yeah, he's good, but he well, does crazy shit. I mean, so the other one that uh, could be get could be qualifying is Hayden Parker, old Hadar. Yeah, so... I think he's a more what they like is it? I think they like a more stable playmaker. Maybe. Well, hey, hey, like no, they... I, don't know, I don't know if he actually is, but I kind of feel he's 15 cover. But Kunia to me is an out and out 10. Not sure. I don't know. I mean, I, like, if I, I, if I, I, I don't know. I have no evidence that Haydar can cover 15. <laughs> Look, if I had to pick a team, I'd put Kronier in. Same. Definitely That's what I was 10, about to say. I'm, like... not pick, I'm not picking. I don't pick with the same mindset as a Japanese. <laughs> you, got, you guys are so Eastern Cape. Right? You can't resist a little wraparound play. <laughs> oh, God. That, was, uh, that, that lives on a legend. No, but I mean. No, uh... if you want to do a little under the, under the jersey pass, you know, just put it in your jersey, hide it. Spin it around, spin it around <laughs> like a basketball. Pop it out from somewhere else. Um, yeah, hard no, like, like it, it, it would, it would be cool. But I, I also feel like Japan must, like they, they've had long enough of, you know, everyone support. Like, mm. you know, when they need to be weaned off the, this, the imports. Yeah, they need to be weaned off the imports because even in this World Cup with those like lappies and stuff, you're like, mm. come on, guys, come on, like, yeah. what, what are you doing? But I mean, is that, yeah. is so, that, is that, I mean, it's, I don't, we don't really have time to get into the whole argument because we spoke for like 10 minutes about our stupid fantasy league. But, um, I mean, it's the same logic as Scotland, right? Um, and the fact that yeah. guys like, you know, like Scoobman and Duan from Nervik go over there after three years. I mean, those guys aren't fucking Scottish, you know? Yeah, like, no, it, okay, it maybe... okay, okay. But, but, but my, my sort of logic is Scotland have to constantly play against England, Wales, and France, okay. who are uh, and Ireland, who who are who are bigger countries, with it looks like more well, they have more rugby clubs at least, so they're having to constantly kind of feed the fire. Mm. Whereas a place like Japan, like why, why do they need to be good? Uh, I mean, I guess, but like that's a very sort of outcomes-based argument, though, right? Yeah, and it's already that's like you don't get to the principle of the issue. No, um, no, no, no. Because, but, I mean, it, it's yeah, an no, extension on, of that on, argument. On because you could extend that argument to just say, you know, if you want to win, then you, you can import foreigners and that should be fine because you, you're more likely to win games. So, I mean, Australia, by that lo- by that logic, we'd be happy with them doing the same thing, which I wouldn't respect at all. Um, and I don't respect Japan for for playing guys 
that I I believe are essentially mercenaries. I don't think Lapis is going to retire and live out the rest of his days in Japan. I think I think no, when he's no, done with no. professional rugby in Japan, he's going to come back to he's South Africa back to the farm, yeah. and he's going to retire Lapis where he's farm. from. And he's going to live out the rest of his days here, and he's going to bring up his kids, and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, maybe I'm wrong. Like I know, I realize that I I can't speak for him, um, and I, it's also wrong to you know assume anything on everyone's behalf because everyone's going to be different. Uh, but that's my that's my perspective on it. I mean, the guy wasn't even speaking any Japanese. Like when he was captain of the Sunwolves, you know, he'd get interviewed after games, zero Japanese being rolled out. Like it just it didn't seem like he was really even buying into the project. Yeah, um, like, well, like, Billy, Billy Britt seemed to have sort of bought in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, you know what I mean? And, like, it's it's similar with, I mean, guys like Skuman and Duan van der Merwe, like, I don't know, I, 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 I'm not convinced that those guys have moved to Scotland out of a passion for the for the Tartan, you know. Oh, um, no, 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 but, but I, I think I think this is... Uh, maybe, maybe their favourite uh, food is no haggis. But, but I think, I think Scotland, it's... Uh, it's a security of life. So it's like, what? Why do people immigrate to the UK? No, but I, they I don't, don't have. A they problem. don't immigrate to the UK because they love England. They immigrate to the UK because the money's better. Your life's your, yeah. no, you no, know, no, it's sure. more secure, it's safer. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and I, I mean, would. I, I would. That's all fine. I don't have. A, I don't, I've got zero problem with players moving overseas to play for other clubs. Zero problem. But when you're talking about national selection, the yeah, criteria no. yeah, can't just that, be that, like who's within our geographical zone, right? No, it should, no, it shouldn't I, I agree. Be. Yeah. Anyway, it's, Dude, it's it's complicated. So, so, so just just another side of this, which I don't think I think is another window uh, loophole, whatever they should close, mm-hmm. is that if one of your grandparents it was a citizen of a place, you can play for that place. Yeah. And it, it's just getting it's just getting because I was thinking, you know, my 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 son James, he could technically play for Zimbabwe, South Africa, Mar- uh, Mauritius. England, Scotland, and France on those rules. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is mean, like. Yeah, but but, like, that, but that, he's but he's never been yeah. to anywhere other than Mauritius and South Africa. Yeah, he's never no, and he's not um you know, and he only holds a Mauritius passport and a South African passport as well. Yeah. But I'm saying as as the world gets more sort of international, like that's going to be the case more and more. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean. Back in the day, like it maybe made sense, particularly. Look, I mean, let, let's be honest. I think like the whole thing was really concocted as like a very Eurocentric notion of like Englishmen living in Australia and South Africa and New Zealand, but still being Englishmen, you know. And I mean, the fact that yeah. Australia, no, New but Zealand the, have it, it used to it used like, to be kind of like that, you know, where you see like you go to like Kenya or Zambia or whatever, and like you see people who've lived there for like four generations, and they're like, no, we we British. Yeah. No, it's the same like, like in, in Namibia with like the Germans. Yeah. You know, they're more German yeah. than oh, God, yeah. Germans. Um but I mean I I still think I mean it's it's I mean maybe the problem is that it's it's like the notion of international sport is what's outdated. Because, you know, the system that we know it, if you know, those Germans living in Namibia, um I don't think they should be allowed to play represent Germany in anything. They're not German. Uh, their heritage might be, but their nationality yeah. isn't. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you think about like World War Two, for example, Germans, German descendants from all over the world were called to, you know, fight for the fatherland. 
Um, should, 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 should that be the test? Uh, we got to appear. Pierre Schoolman, listen, Scotland's at war. They're conscripting. Are, are you in, Pierre? Are you in? Will I you think, put your... Uh, I think that kind of should be the test, are, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you could... Can't, 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 can't draw for Scotland, mate, sorry. Yeah, like, sport has kind of replaced war in many ways. <laughs> um, but, like, if you're not prepared but to we... die for the country, then you maybe ought not to be, you know, allowed to play rugby for them. And, I mean, again, it's not, you know, it's not like you can't live there and get a normal job. Um... Oh no, but that, but that that that's my people because people equate international rugby to making a living out of rugby. Yeah, it's not. It's not. They diff, they different things. Yeah. You can you can like look at Johan Huerson. He's probably one of the highest paid rugby players in the world, and he's not sniffing the Springboks at the moment. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so like so yeah, I think I think this is something. Yeah, this is something people have to try and get away from that. You can live. You can play rugby. You can be exposed. The world can still see you on a effectively international stage without you playing for a national team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because anyway, it's okay, not I like think... oh, we we've been robbed of Charles Pietau. No, we haven't. Like, yeah. uh, we still see the same. Today. Okay, so I think it's that one. point, Matt, Matt, have you got a last? That point, Squidge. Yeah, last thought on what Ben just said. That point is what Squidge said now about the MLR league. If you saw in that video, he's most recent one, it was an excellent video. Um, he said rugby is sort of this pyramid structure designed to funnel players to the international level from the provincial up to the international. But then he then used the MLR as a version of a reason why. It's just like, no, that league turns everything on its head because you've got a geography teacher playing next to Ma Nanu. So <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of, of you know the, the duel between uh, local and international, Archias Neyman, according to Rugby Pass, has confirmed that he's going to choose the Springboks over Munster uh, come the end of this year when the Rugby Championship is scheduled to take place in a condensed schedule over November, December. Um, obviously, due to COVID, the normal schedule's been completely thrown out of whack, and now the international rugby window in the south is likely to clash with the domestic window in the north. So Archias Neymar has gone on the record to say if he gets selected, which I think we all know he probably would, um, he'll, mm. he'll he won't even hesitate. He'll drop the bags in, in Munster and he'll fly down for the the tournament, which is fantastic. I mean, I, I think that's a great statement from him. Yeah, he he must have. That's awesome because he must have taken a pay cut for to get that clause in his contract. Possibly, yeah. But I think uh, there was. Something. Also, it's Munster. I mean, like if it was the French, you'd, it would be a much bolder claim than. The other sides, because they—I don't think we've seen anyone struggling to get onto national duty besides from a French club. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I know yeah. that like uh, the Toulon guy, what's his name? Budget, budget, blah, 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 blah. Um, he's he's been like vociferous in the year in, in previous yeah. years about like um, his superstar that he signs up wanting to play international rugby. Like he hates it. Um, I, yeah. I think. I think it is quite an advantage, though, like, because if you think about it, during, say, during Six Nations and stuff, the mm. clubs, most clubs will lose their best players. But if you brought in Southern Hemisphere foreigners, you obviously get to retain it. So mm. it's like mm. a it's like a double advantage, because not only do you have Archias Neyman, but you have Archias Neyman playing against other teams, essentially second teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so, so, Munster, so yeah, you can sort of see the, hmm. the logic. So Munster also have uh, Damien Allender, 
Um, but I mean, the article mentions DDA, but it doesn't say. Uh, don't think he's getting called up. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, we never know. But uh, the, I'll just read directly from the from the article because there's an interesting couple of paragraphs. Um, in a cruel twist for Munster supporters, it was former Munster boss Rossi Erasmus who insisted that players based overseas would be eligible for selection for the Springboks. Um, so it sounds like he's. I don't. I don't think Rossi's. Um, directly sort of tampered with their contracts or anything like that but i think just by opening the gates he's allowed players to kind of negotiate on the basis on this basis so um it says here snaban explained that munster are already aware of his intention to play for south africa should the rugby championship go set, go ahead and he's quoted as saying me personally i will play for south africa there is still a lot going on to see if the games will go ahead but yes i'm lucky munster are allowing me to play for the Springboks. so he's obviously got it in his contract um, I don't know, I don't know how many other Springboks will have necessarily thought to do that, because obviously this is a situation that wasn't really anticipated. But at least we'll have Achia. Anyway, what one man team, Achia <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, well, I mean, we've, we've got a powerful fourteen at least. <laughs> yeah, and Nick Uster. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're still not sure about Nick Uster, but we can call up Ross Hellepedi, so that should be. Yeah, that, that's a decent, that's a decent, uh, a decent lock combo. I reckon I that'll so. be the, yeah, all right. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, apparently Dwayne Vermeulen's being blackmailed. Uh, whatever. What? Yeah, someone hacked into his PayPal, his, his email, his PayPal <laughs> and social media accounts, and they demanded a ransom of at least 8,000 Rand or things, open quotes, were going to get a lot worse. Close, close quotes. So, uh, oh. that's it. Surely, Dwayne, but if they have access to PayPal, why are they asking for 8,000 Rand? Just take 8,000 Rand. I don't know you how can't, much stores you can't draw cash. You can't draw, yeah, unless you've got cash yeah, stored just, in your PayPal. Just like buy yourself something. No, but if there's yeah. nothing in the PayPal, you can't. You have to transfer cash into oh. the PayPal. Well, then why does he just open a new PayPal? I think, I don't know, that's probably what he's going to do. <laughs> he doesn't sound super worried about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He just oh, said he, he closed his Twitter account, opened the new Instagram account, and that was it. Like <laughs> <laughs> anyway. the, 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 the blackmail failed. Yeah. Do, is Dwayne, that's is a Dwayne great a master? He's a, what they call him, a white, white attacker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna move on. Um, okay, uh, former wannabe Phil Kearns, um, he of, okay, he he's rapidly turning into one of the most hated people in rugby. You know that. Yeah, he's like. But yeah, he's, he's, Falau, like. he's like Falau, Yeah, he's he's super polarizing because yeah. you either re- like you either loathe him, and I loathe him. I, like I, I'm not gonna. No, he's he's slimy. He's, he is he slimy. There's something about him that's just really, as he would say, greasy. Um, yeah, he's greasy. He's it's greasy, greasy out there. Yeah, he's, he's greasy. Yeah. But um, fuck, I hate him. Um, but then a lot of people love him. A lot of people think he's like, oh, he's he's like you know, real sort of middle Australia. He's like a man's man. You know, two-time World Cup winner. God, I, the number of times I've heard him described as a two-time World Cup winner. Um, you know, like people. But, just, but he's like, he's like he's fucking best. Colin Slade's a two-time World Cup winner. Let's calm down. <laughs> yeah. I prefer Colin. Yeah, I, I, I back Colin Slade. I I wouldn't mind him running rugby in Australia, I think you do a good job. Is, is that is, is that a fight we want? Colin Slade versus Phil Kurtz? Oh, I think Phil Kurtz would probably win. But if, if Colin Slade 
challenged him to like a kicking duel to settle it. No, I reckon I don't know because the thing is, full curds like Colin Slade played rugby in the like the super hyper conditioning era. Full Kearns played rugby in the fucking, you know, 12 beers before before the game and 12 beers after level. So yeah. I reckon I'd back, I'd back, I'd back on and Slade to beat up Full Kearns. Think so. Mm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> not so, Could be not interesting. So I think you you might be glamorizing well, fuck, guys, no. Colin we, Slade we, just we, a little we bit. <laughs> we, 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 can't, we can't even get Ben Stokes to come and fight yeah, me, I've so what's it. the chance of us getting this to happen? This might be more... more no, well, ben Stokes... I think... Doesn't Ben Stokes like stoop to eco-terrorism to try and avoid fighting you? Yeah, you'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 there's an oil leak now, and Marie, uh, a shipwreck leaking oil. Yeah. So and Ben Stokes I think that's, that that's the main Stokes. reason why he's not coming. Also, I think I, I think I saw something about Ben Stokes saying he's actually not playing the next test, so maybe it is to come fight mm. me. Mm. Oh, hopefully. Anyway, uh, back to Phil Kearns. Um, he of the greasy disposition. Um, he has been appointed the executive director of the Rugby World Cup 2027 bid. So Australia's put him at the forefront of their of their bidding process for 2027 World Cup. Um, despite everything I've said about him, I do actually think this is probably a, a decent role for him. Um, I don't I don't see him as you know being a viable candidate for Rugby Australia uh, chairperson. But running a World Cup bid, you know, where he gets to schmooze and call in, you know, do all the sort of pressing the flesh, kissing the babies or whatever, going to all the black tie events. And like, you know, he, like he's he's the personification of the old boys club. So, yeah, and, and, and like that's exactly that's what you have That's the kind of shit like Bill Beaumont wants to see. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, especially with do, Bill do you think it, Do you think it's also a bit of a in the tent pissing out instead of out the tent pissing in kind of situation? Maybe like so when they, they like when they send someone to be like they, an ambassador in another country because they don't want to have them in government anymore. We all know so something similar to that where they say, "Listen, we don't want Phil Kearns to be head of Rugby Australia, so let's so make him. Let, let's give him a position and then say, "Oh, sorry, Phil, like you can't do both, mate. Like too bad. Oh, you would have been a great candidate." Yeah, maybe, but uh, I'll I'll read a little bit from the article. It's a bit weird, but they um. They they lathering on the, the praise for his uh, philanthropy. Twelve years on the board of the Childhood Cancer Institute, uh, he's now the patron of Zero Childhood Cancer Campaign. Um, former Wadby hooker also started the Balmora Burn in, 20, in 2001, which has raised more than 30 million Aussie dollars to buy equipment for children's hospitals around Australia. I mean, you know, that's good. That's all good yeah, stuff. That, like, I'm not good. saying he's yeah. a bad yeah, person. I'm not good. Mm. He's just greasy. Uh, he, he comes to, yeah, like there are loads of people who've done good things, but they yeah. I think slimy. But... Not really sure what the relevance yeah, is. I think is. No, but like you said, he's a, he's, a, he's a polarizing figure. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, but I, uh, that's it. I, I do think, like I said, this is a pretty good role for him. Uh, I'm still not happy about the whole situation with the 2027 World Cup. I I feel like Argentina we pulling should, up. yeah, we should have bid. But I, Yo, I, I, don't like, under, I don't understand why we can't just change the dates on our previous bid and just go for it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that a lot of people have said that that bid we made for 2023 was kind of like a all or nothing, like final roll of the dice. And when that didn't like didn't work for us, we just kind of you know threw our how hands did, up. How does it? Done. I mean, I'm sure someone yeah, like, will tell me this, but I'm, how the fuck is that a like a final? Roll of the dice. I don't know. Draft, drafting up a, a bid document. I don't like, know. I mean, yeah. like, I'm oh, sure someone will be able to. What, what I don't understand, like, 
how how different is it from surely the World Cup in 2023 is going to follow a very similar pattern to the World Cup in 2027? You think uh, Ansel well, like, probably going to break us over the saying, like, with like how actually there's like, a, there's like a 95 percent similarity between your 2023 bid and 2027 bid. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't understand the ins and outs of it. Um, but for whatever reason, we've we've not seen fit to bid for 2027. Um, which I, I didn't think was a, a massive problem at the time because Argentina were bidding and I was excited. You know, I thought that it was a no-brainer. Or oh, remember our palm tree, palm tree were to go to Argentina? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I thought it was a no-brainer. And then uh, they withdrew at approximately the same time that Australia decided to support Pichot's bid for... Um, for world rugby, um, so well, that, went, the, that went to shit. So yeah. So anyway, but the ultimate winners, of course, have been Australia because they've now got a pretty clear run at the 2027 World Cup. Well, um, they, have to, they have to defeat Putin backed Russia. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin backed Russia. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Fucking like like oh, what's full Kurz gonna do when Putin fucking rides it on a bear? Like, what's full's play? He's gonna ride it on Izzy Flau. <laughs> okay. Have you seen Israel Folau? He hates the gays as much as he, you do. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Israel Folau and Putin will is, is get Putin will probably get on like a house on fire. Oh, he's he's such a good Russian. Yeah. Anyway, all right. He's I'm got a good haircut so for Russian. Actually, speaking of uh, you know, crossing, crossing the floor and turning coats, uh, Tasman the Marcos have signed Severis and Mark Tillia to their Mida Ten squad. Um, both of them have left Waikato. Oh, sorry, Reese. Reese is coming from Waikato, so he would have been playing for the Chiefs, um, essentially. Tilaire's uh, left North Harbour, so they're joining um, a disgustingly stacked Tasman team that already has. Yeah, because this is essentially them pushing for their this their repeat repeat final, right? No, I mean, there's no way they can't. Uh, make a re- at least a repeat final, but they've they've currently got David Havili, Will Jordan, and Leicester Fyinga Nuku. So they've already got an all Crusaders back three. If they wanted, another now they've got Reese and Talia. I'm... So I mean, Leicester Fyinga Nuku can't catch a break. Like this poor fucking guy, like he can't even start. Well, it. <laughs> With Talia and Reese, I mean, he just has to shift to eleven, and those two can fight each other for fourteen. But Talia was what, playing eleven what, what are... before before. Oh, Clark. Yeah. Clark came back from but, but what 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 true, are we doing? Like, true, this, shit. Is, this, this is just a waste of money. It's stupid. Like, why not? Like, why don't they go to? I don't know. I can't even think of any other teams at the moment. I'm so upset about this. But anyway, um, after Marcos, yeah. I guess. Like, like liter- literally, it's like putting you putting five of the best eight outside backs in the same team. Yeah, and I mean, this is the problem is that. You know, and this is and this is any this is a what what's mine at the a ten team tournament I assume. Yeah, this is the... Yeah, Mida 10 is there. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> no, I think never, a little bit more. I never thought about it that way. Because Mida 10 is the name of the company. Yeah. So I don't uh, oh, I thought, the, the, I thought it was just Mida was the name. 14 team. It's a 14 team. 14, 14 team. team tournament. That's like way... So basically each team should have like two All Blacks. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's ridiculous because they haven't even balanced them properly. I mean, Havili can... Like can play 12 or 13 or, 10, or yeah, whatever, yeah. but I mean, he's a fullback, you know, and he wants to play fullback, mm-hmm. I assume. So, like, having him and Jordan there is a bit silly. And then having, like you said, you know, Reese and, and Talia and Fanga Nuku, 
who are all like pretty much out and out wins. 11s, yeah. Yeah, like they, I mean, they're not all 11s because Reese is a 14. Even though I feel like Reese is actually an 11. Reese is an 11. I think he's an 11 as well. Reese can play 11 quite easily. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, but yeah, so after Marcus, I guess. Um, what else do we have in the news? Vertical Blue Bulls under 21 have, have confirmed that they have a 12 man coaching staff for the under, for 21 the under 21. Just for the under 21s. Uh, well, I mean, the under 21, they have like a million under 21s, don't yeah. they? Yeah, but, but how, they how, many, how many games do the under 21s even play? They play. They play all the curtain raises for Curry Cup, probably, don't forget. Oh, so, so, so they have the, so they have the curry cup that's essentially mirrored. Yeah, it essentially mirrors. As far as I know, they gen the under twenty one guys are generally playing before the as curtain raises for the normal curry cup usually. Yeah, no. To to me, it's oh, I don't actually. To be honest, I don't really know how many staff are, uh, what what the normal sort of numbers are, but twelve seems excessive for even a super rugby side. Yeah, it definitely seems, but bit high um but okay um yeah good for them i mean they, they still put in a right. ratio of like one to ten anyway yeah. yeah but i mean now that's uh of those eight how many are specialist eighth man coaches well they've got of those 12 uh just close the link sorry <laughs> i think i think in the Probably group none. we said ed kamara tule was there it's yeah. the closest they had to like forwards coach <laughs> yeah which is yeah. kind of sad for me that maritule is now there as just coaching staff for the under-21 team. Yeah, where he could be playing still. Where he was such... He could still be playing, and he was such a hot prospect when they snapped him up and just yeah. put him at fourth in the queue. Typical. Um, okay, last bit of news. Uh, apparently, Rugby Australia are pitching a Super 8 concept uh, to the broadcast market, which is the top two Australian, New Zealand, South African, and Japan teams to be uh, to play in an you know, eight-team tournament post super rugby season or post domestic slash super rugby season this is all from twitter uh, paul cully tweeted it um yeah so i don't know i haven't seen the details maybe there's more detail out there but i mean the, the major question is like is this a once-off or is this like an annual thing and if it's an annual thing does that suggest that like super rugby au and super rugby aotearoa and super rugby mzanzi become permanent uh if yeah. so it doesn't seem like that's going to work because I don't think I don't think any of those are sustainable in the long run. Um, mm. But yeah, so I don't know. I really don't know how they're trying to figure that out because if they did do a trans-Tasman competition like Australia, New Zealand, and Pacific, and uh, whatever else, then this would be kind of redundant. There's no point in taking the top two Australian, top two New Zealand teams at that point. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming it's but they they put together a whole. Did you see like the the bouquet they were offering to the broadcasters? No. No. It was so it was. Rugby championship, Bledisloe, a north south uh, like state of origin game, all the Wallaroos, which is the the female rugby. Like the this this super super tournament super rugby AU, um the the local the NR, NRL whatever it's called um mm. what's not NRL what's the NRC 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 yeah so it was like this whole like I think it was probably eight different tournaments in the 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 so that's just 
them trying to shop around for someone to sign. They're, they're like, these are tournaments yo, that but, could possibly yo, exist. My... Like, how many of those things are actual things that they're actually they're shopping like hypotheticals as well, like this massively broad well, list yo, of it like is, it is hypothetical thing. things. Because what, what if someone says, yo, okay, I want that Super 8 thing, and then South Africa's like, oh, fuck, we don't want it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's But we don't really have the details at this point, so... Let's do Super 8. Like, lots of people are saying we should go to something similar to like a Champions League rugby. No, which is with, yeah. with like the the top teams in the Curry Cup, the top teams in um, Mitre Ten, the top teams in uh, NRC, the top teams in Top League, the you know. Yeah. And then, anyway, let's. I think we. This is one of those sort of wait and see what happens kind of stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Australia are kind of throwing a lot at the wall and just kind of waiting to see what sticks. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. But okay, um, speaking of Australia, should we head into the games? Is there anything I forgot to mention, guys? Um, no, I think no, that's about it. So. Very no, slowly. Passion, I'll, I'll bring it back halfway through a, okay. a review or something. Okay, cool, sorted. Um, good, well, let's start with the Australian games. I think let's just go in order of the games as they happened. Because uh, this was the first time in a long time that I actually felt like Super Rugby AU <laughs> kind of had something to offer, um, to be honest. And the reason is we saw two massive upsets, uh, which were mm. both both exciting. I, I wouldn't say that the um, like uh, out of the context of the competition, I don't think the games were that good. The reason being that they were both like like quite big margins. So uh, the Friday game was Rebels beating the Brumbies thirty points to twelve. Uh, terrible conditions. Rebels pitched up, ready to play wet weather rugby, and did so, I would say, perfectly. They played territory. Deegan at 10 with Tamur at 12 was really good. Much better than Meeks at 12. Um, and they just controlled the whole game. Brumbies were never really in it. But um, if you were just a neutral watching that game in and of itself, I don't think you would have necessarily enjoyed it that much, because simply because of how out of it the Brumbies were. Um... But in the context of Super Rugby AU, which was starting to see the Brumbies uh, and the Reds, well, not really the Reds, but the Brumbies in particular kind of running away with the, the tournament a little bit. They were unbeaten until this weekend. Um, so to see them losing by, you know, so comprehensively was quite exciting. So that was really, I thought that was really cool. Did you guys manage to catch this game? No, uh, I, I got, I was working, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Not like at, at, I was at work, but I'm always at work and I watch rugby. But I was actually I had something to do. Yeah, I was driving for this game, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, and the, the 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 obviously the the stat which was all over Twitter was that now the Rebels for the first time in their history have won four games in a row. Yeah, so I mean, which yeah, we the were first kind time of questioning how well, how they haven't won this is. they haven't won four in a row. They, they have, have not, lost, just not lost four in a row. So, so they're unbeaten in four games. Yes. Not... Yeah. So you know they... when you draw it. Because they drew to the force. No, wait. Yeah. Was it the force? Who did they draw to? The... They didn't draw to the They beat the force. They drew to the Reds. Oh. The Reds. It was the Reds. Reds. Yeah, that was the first, first yeah. That was the first golden yeah. time that was so shit. Yeah. That was terrible, no fuck. It was so bad. <laughs> But yeah, so um, I mean, yeah, it's it was a good game. I mean, 
not sorry it, it wasn't a great game the first half i thought was very good because the rebels came out like all guns blazing like crossfield kicks like kicking in the rain and just like they, they pitched up for the conditions the reds were just no, i mean the sorry the brumbies were just nowhere uh, like tom banks was you, awful you, you, it's weird though because if you if you were to say oh which which is a better wet weather side you would say the brumbies well they tried to get the rolling mm-hmm. ball going um but they, yeah, they but rolling really succeed. it was it was just a very poor game i mean i'm, I'm looking at the, the stats again but the what you need to look at is the match stats because territory where am i uh, why can't i see territory territory right i've got it Mm, carries defenders meeting clean breaks. Where's territory? Oh, here it goes. Possession. So, I mean, I'll look at position. So, position was 63% uh, rebels, but terri- the, the th- almost 30% of the game was played in the Brumbies 22. Right, I'm reading this. I'm reading this incorrectly. Sorry, I thought I had this in front of me. Anyway, um, but yeah, there were a lot, a lot of kicks coming out of the out of the rebels, um, but like kicking really smartly too. So, Brumbies just never really got a chance to get on the front foot. And I mean, just looking at the um, at the stats, for example, um, you know, Matt Phillip and Isi Nasirani both carried 14 and 16 times respectively. Not one of the Brumbies made it over 10 carries. In fact, none of them made it over seven. The most carries by any Brumby was seven. And that was shared by Rob Valentini, Pete Samu, Joe Powell, Tom Banks. So, just like they were just starved of possession, and 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 the, the Rebels didn't need to kind of shoot the lights out with every play. They just kind of you know slow rolled it, waiting for the opportunities, and then pounce. I mean that's what you do in the wet weather. And Brumbies just really yeah. seemed like completely out of it, like physically, mentally, they just like didn't pitch. I mean it's almost like they wanted to lose. Um, so, yeah, not a great game but for them at all. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'd say um, star players probably Reese Hodge got a double. Um, best game I've seen him play for a while at fullback. I don't think he's... I think he, like he, he's a wet weather specialist for me. Like, I wouldn't play him at fullback in, in, in any other conditions. But, like, in wet weather where everyone's kind of slow, he is fine. But if it was, like, dry... I don't even, even think about playing Hodge at fly-off in the wet. Yeah, but like you know, because the wet kind of it's like a leveler, yeah. and then you know he's he's got a decent kind of kind of skill set. He's a big enough guy, and he can kick and everything. So if you've got a leveler like the rain, then I think he's he stands out quite a lot more. Um, nice, Rani played pretty well, I thought. Um, Jordan Ulysses scored a try. First time I've seen him do anything positive. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember seeing lots of comments maybe, about maybe that. Maybe that's maybe that's what happened. As Adam was sending his trade, Ulysses scored, <laughs> and then dumb. he got. Oh. Okay. Um, do you want to do the second Australian game first, and then um, Aotearoa? Yeah, let's let's finish Australia. Okay. So <clears throat> let's do the. Um, this was on Saturday morning our time. Uh, Waratahs Reds. Reds have been on some pretty good form lately. Other than the draw against the the Rebels, they won two games. I think only losing to the Brumbies. So you know. They were kind of, in my mind, um, you know, the second best team in AU so far. But geez, they did not look like it on Saturday morning because the Waratahs just like the Waratahs. The Waratahs came, to... but the Waratahs were so good. Yeah, like from really nowhere. Good. 
and that's the thing like the Which is a... the the rebels just felt like they were being driven by kind of passion whereas like the waratahs were actually like clinical they had a plan and they kind of stuck to it they they and they out they they were they were stronger quicker you know braver more strategic everything like in every single facet of the game i felt like they were superior to the reds which is not what i would have predicted yeah. well i didn't predict but you know i don't think anyone would have yeah except for like five people in sydney yeah but um yeah i mean the the standouts from this game jake gordon he's recently back from injury mitch short been starting for them but gc announced his return with a bit of a bang got a hat trick uh, worked pretty hard for it too. Four clean breaks, three defenders beaten. Um, really good outing by him. Um, and yeah, I thought uh, a few of the other guys played pretty well. Jack Maddox had a good outing at fullback. James Ram. James Ram is slowly but surely making a bit of a reputation yeah, for himself. He might get a wallaby call up. I, I wouldn't be mad, you know. Because, I mean, Coro Betty's kind of nailed down on the one wing. And they really, they don't seem to know who to put on the other wing. They kind of cycle through guys like Hodge and Maddox and Banks even, I think. And like Dane Haley Petty. But uh, I wouldn't mm. be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate seeing James Ram called up. Apparently when he was, uh, uh, in his youth, he was like a uh, gymnastics star, like acrobatics, I think. And like not oh, really okay. into rugby. And then when he kind of got, I think when, his, when he got to university or something, he, he sort of took rugby a bit more seriously. But he kind of lucked his way into a contract by the sounds of it. And I, I, often fi- I often find that those are the guys who do the best because they don't feel the pressure. You know? And yeah, like, like they, they just yeah. play for the moment. Yeah, sort of and like they don't take any game for granted. Like they're just happy to kind of get game time. Like even Skulk Berger was a little bit like that in his youth simply because he yeah. he always expected to be like a Proteus cricketer. And then like for the first few years of his career it almost seemed like he was just playing rugby until he kind of you know got bored and then would go play cricket like he was always supposed to um but i think it's also just his attitude to sport like what to life in general from what i'm told like he just doesn't take anything for granted from the reds side um james o'connor was actually really good at 10 but he has been this whole season um but other than that i mean geez no one pitched up like it was just so they lost they lost um, poor old Jordan Pattaya before kickoff because his father passed away this week, which is apparently quite tragic. Well, sorry, not apparently. It's obviously very tragic for him, but from what I was reading, his father was like quite a quite involved in the community, oh, the community, and oh, like sure. yeah. So for example, on Friday when the news was announced after the Rebels game, Matt Tamura like made a statement about it on on the family's behalf uh-huh. because of like how close his family is to Pattaya's family so he was like one of those kind of guys like you know really involved in the community so very sad um but yeah they didn't have Jordan Pattaya but yeah I mean geez what is there to say when your team gets beaten 45-12 um I mean they were kind of lucky to get a try at the end to be honest that even made it like a little bit more flat yeah like the Waratahs definitely kind of took their foot off the because it was like because it was like 30, it was 30 nil. Yeah, like, it was like they were scoring like a point a minute for yeah. the first half. Almost. And, and that's was... the thing, like that's Jesus kind of what Christ. I was. Because Ben, I remember you, you've always had this theory that like early tries ruin games, right? Because yeah. one mm. team gets super far ahead, and then they kind of get complacent, but the other team is like 
spirit's broken. This dude, they, and they're too far behind. And, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, the, the other team has to take so many risks that it's never going to, you know, like, instead of, say, you, like, 20 points down, like, 20 minutes in, yeah. you're not going to kick for balls and stuff, when really you probably should, because, you know, there's still time to accumulate points, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, you know, you're yeah. just always, you're always having to risk the big play and, you know, kind of all structure sort of goes out the window yeah exactly so and I, and I felt like that actually happened in both of the super rugby au games like they started off so big and one team like roared out to this huge lead and then you never felt like the, like the losing team was really in it again and the team it felt like the teams themselves were aware of that so they never really tried and it ended up just like the second half of both games for me definitely ended up feeling pretty kind of meh it's it's quite ironic because one of the one of the big styles, all the Super Rugby AU kind of believers on Twitter, mm. one of, oh all the games have been so close this year, <laughs> like oh it's such a competitive league, yeah. and then the the teams are just like yeah fuck you guys. I mean at least in this Isn't... case it was the the underdogs that won by a blowout. Yeah 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 but that yeah. <laughs> okay um I'm I'm I've said everything I'm I wanted just, to say. I'm just Matt. I'm just concerned for the fourth because. The Waratahs were the one team they were hopefully going to beat this week, coming weekend. Oh, yeah, and but now, you never know. Like... Now, if they're now if they're resurgent, I'm I'm <laughs> hoping the Waratahs become place immediately complacent, one win and now they're complacent. Yeah, but like the a lot of like passes stuck for the Waratahs that maybe on another day wouldn't have, and you know like. So there's still hope for the force. Good. <laughs> I have, yeah, we we talked about this last week. Not pleased with the force. Yeah, they make up the bulk of my fantasy team though, so I'm still supporting them. Okay, um, moving on to Super Rugby Aotearoa. The first game, Saturday morning, Hurricanes v Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs season has come to uh, a rather feeble end. An unceremonious end, yeah. Yeah, 8-0. Uh, sorry, 0 for 8 is what I meant to say. Um, they've lost all their games in Aotearoa. After having a pretty good start to the to the year, um, Warren Gatland yeah. is kind of. Do you think he's trying to kind of lull the Springboks into a false sense of security for next year? Oh, thank you. Oh. No, you know what? It's yeah, such fuck. A... It's a horrible long play to play the, to tank. Yeah, that, that's a that's a long that's, that's a long con that might not even happen if they just get COVIDed out. Yeah. And then he's tanked the Chiefs for two seasons for nothing. Yeah, but I mean, fuck. What does he uh, get? Yeah. Um. No, it's a. I guess it is a different game, but I also think that Altero is such a competitive league. Mm. Mm. You know, you you have to be firing on all cylinders week in week out. Yeah. And like the Chiefs haven't. There've been no games where you've just been like, actually, in case of say there's a Euro, but okay, these looks are out of their depth. Mm. But every other game. At some point, you'll be like, "Oh, is this the one the Chiefs finally win?" Yeah, I mean, they—that's the thing. Like, they—I don't know. So I, I well, do like, agree. I do agree, but like, I feel like they never kind of got into gear. So you know, Aotearoa started. It was the first rugby to start in the whole world after the the world ended, and all the teams were rusty. Like week one, there was just like penalties left, right, and center. Mm. Guys were rusty, a little bit out of shape. You know, fitness was an issue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I felt like every team picked it up in week two, except for the Chiefs. And I felt like the Chiefs, like it wasn't that they were lacking, you know, motivation or passion, or like as you say, Ben, like they tried really hard to win. I think it was last week or the week before, 
that that it might have even been two weeks in a row where like last minute decisions. So okay, so Chiefs landers, they got screwed by um, drop goal. No, 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 the second time around. Yeah, so I mean, the first week they got screwed by the drop goal from Gat. Well, well yeah, but there was that kind of controversial refing, or was that Chiefs Blues? It was, it was both of them, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it was two weeks in yeah. a row. Uh, I'm trying to see, so... Sia Tompkinson... Fuck Sia Tompkinson. Uh, what happened? Um, so, oh, so Aaron Smith just... Oh, Aaron Smith kind of uh, popped it up to Tompkinson for the winning try. Which Hunt, they were drawing, and then Mitch Hunt slotted this conversion. But I think they were com they were complaining about um, about obstruction, I think, on the line. So they felt like mm -hmm. they should have won the game. Yeah, the, the ref fucked them over against the Highlanders, okay. Then round seven was against the Blues, where they felt like uh, Aaron Carroll's steal was illegal because he hadn't released the, tackle, uh, the ball carrier and gone straight for the ball, which I kind of agreed with. So two weeks in a row, they lost by like three points, basically, uh, and felt like the ref had screwed them over. So they were passionate, like they were in the games, but they just felt like they never kind of geared up for the competition. Like they were always waiting to hit their stride, and it just never happened for them. And uh, for me, it's 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 characterized by the performances of individuals. Like I mean, the main one for me, Anton Leonard Brown. Anton Leonard Brown just never kind of sparked like we know what he can do no, but but he looked like he was trying really hard but he yeah. just never exactly that's what i'm saying like he was he was trying to will himself but he he couldn't get into gear like it, it's like driving on the highway in fourth gear you know yeah like yeah you, you're like why am i not going fast enough? like you're putting your pedal to the floor and then you look at the rev counter and it's like going through the roof and you're like fuck i'm going so slowly you know and then you realize oh fuck i'm, I'm in the wrong gear um not that that's ever happened to me i'm a competent driver um yeah, and I, 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 I bought an automatic, so I don't deal with these problems. Yeah, anymore. I've been cruising an automatic for the last five months. It's like go-kart racing now. <laughs> Honestly, auto automatic's the, the way forward, Alex. Like, like yeah. you know, just, just leave, your yeah. leave your masculinity at the door. Just go, go automatic. It's an easy life. Uh, I miss the manual, but yeah, no, it's like driving, especially because it's a tiny car, so it is like go-karting. Mm. It's fun. Oh, yeah. So, alright, uh, but, uh, but uh, another one, so not just um, Anton and Brown, I'm just going to get the stats up quickly, so bear with me while I open up my master sheet. Um, what a... Hang on. Um, but I was looking at the stats, and Damien McKenzie has been... He's also not done. ...like, ridiculously bad by his standards, okay? So we're only going from round eight onwards. Um, so now Damien McKenzie's like like line break extraordinaire, tackle bust, like defenders beaten extraordinaire. Mm. Like he's the guy that you normally like. He gets the ball from a, in a counter attacking position, and you're like, okay, he's going to break at least two tackles. You know, not like Karevi breaking tackles, but like he's going to evade tackles. He's going to make something happen. Yeah, like it's like it's like Colby. Yeah. So in the last okay, so over the last. Uh, Four, so it's eight, the last eight rounds, okay? He's played every single minute of Super Rugby Aotearoa, okay? He's, yeah. This last week, he, he beat two defenders, two tackle busts, one line break. Not very much for 80 minutes. Dane Cole's probably beat more defenders. Yeah, for, for sure. Last week, the week before, one tackle bust, zero line breaks. The year before, uh, sorry, the week before, three tackle busts, two line breaks. Then the week before, four tackle busts, pretty good. No line breaks. So no clean breaks whatsoever. Uh, he had three weeks in a row where he got th uh, four tackle busts, but in those all of those three weeks he only made one clean break. 
and in the first mm. week of um in the week before that one defender beaten no line breaks the week before that so the very first round where they got beaten by the the gatlin drop goal zero tackles tackle busts zero line breaks like who is this guy but do you think they maybe teams have got a bit smarter but i mean i, but I mean jordan here like will jordan's tackle busts are there? like jordan yeah, i guess no jordan's, one jordan also, broke t- jordan broke 10 tackles in week 11 and four clean breaks like players are doing it like other players from other teams i mean uh geordie mm-hmm. barrett i can i can pull that up quickly as well for example like barrett's not exactly like a an agile kind of guy like you yeah, can but... see where he's going you know he still broke 10 he still broke mm-hmm. uh broke five tackles and he breaks the line every single week there's one week that he didn't break get a, like a clean break no you know like something's mm-hmm. up was that the game he missed <laughs> that was the he was do, about do to think, break the line when someone maybe... threw a chicken nugget at him do you think do you think uh, uh, McKenzie's a bit gun shy after his injury? Maybe I think that's what it is. I think he's not moving. I think he's kind of holding back a bit. Yeah, I don't think he's moving the same way. I think he needs to take like some time off and he needs to recover. I think I hope he doesn't get picked for the All Blacks and he gets time to just play in like minor ten cup, get his confidence back, maybe work with like a physio or something. Um, but yeah, something's going on with him. Maybe you can take Paul Scudder with him. <laughs> I mean, if Paul Scudder can uh, walk. Uh, oh, oh. Or, or, or the or the lad is gonna make another big announcement that Will Scudder is gonna miss week ten on off the row as well. Oh god! Anyway, Actually, I feel like, um, um, yeah. When well done, well done to the Canes. I mean, they got the win. Uh, it was pretty decisive in the end. Uh, I oh, can I we can we discuss? Uh, played pretty well. Can we discuss Audi Sevier's dummy? <laughs> yeah. Yes, fuckers. So, so uh, god, that is the worst Did thing I've ever see seen him do on a rugby field. He. I saw him tweet actually, which I think is all credit to him. He tweeted a still from the dummy, and he's like, <laughs> and he captioned it. Tweet works every time. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what the thing is? Like he's, he's aware of he, how shit he did. He's, it, it still works because he's just so strong. He just handed off Weber. He's just like, fucking Weber. If you don't buy my dummy, you can just go on the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Weber, eat shit now. No, <laughs> I was giving you the no contact option. Yeah, Weber had the option just to buy the dummy and save himself the pain, but he chose not to. Yeah. He chose to eat a tackle. Anyway. Oh, fuck, um, it was glorious. But yeah, it was a pretty good outing by the the Canes. Um, I thought Dane Coles was good. He came off earlier than usual, but um, scored a try, so he did well for me in fantasy. Um, But yeah, pretty pretty solid. Uh, Wes Corson got a couple. Quibbers for Vague. Well, yeah. yeah, he he gave away he got carded for a really stupid tip tackle. Quibbs and Vake has scored mm. the easiest tries for the Hurricanes. Like he just sits on the wing and waits for Geordie Barrett to do something. Yeah, because cool. he must have scored. He must be in close to like ten tries this season as well. He's uh, good. Um, no, because he's uh, he hasn't played that many games, though, hasn't he? Yeah, but when he's he plays, he scores like two, he scores like two tries every time he plays. Yeah, true. So he scored four true. four tries in Aotearoa, but he scored a hat trick in Super Rugby proper. So he's actually on eight tries for the year as a whole, which oh. is a pretty good strike rate. He he's only played eight, that's eight pretty good tries. strike rate. Yeah, eight, he's played eight tries from eight but... games. So pretty. Good. Yeah, that's oh, not so, bad yeah. at all. Yeah. Anyway, mm. okay. Um, and then... I, I, I saw something on fucking News 24 saying, oh, the, the, the Saffa duo of Huerson and Van Vek. I was like, listen, mate, Huerson is not a Saffa. He's, like, he's only a Saffa when we're pla- like planning a, a non-South African-based yeah. 15. Okay. 
when we need when we need a rugby championship squad based in New Zealand already. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so well played to the Canes, and then the very last game of the weekend, the one I was looking forward to the most because I had like 11, <laughs> 11 players in fantasy. Um, Crusaders versus Landers <laughs> in Christchurch. Um, we were all hoping that the, La- the Highlanders would put one over the. Oh, the well, then they nearly did, and and then just fuck. Yeah, I was oh, really hoping that so well. they could set up uh, like a nice grand final next week against the Blues. But the Crusaders are just simply too good. Uh, they did beat the Highlanders 32-22 and have secured Super Rugby Aotearoa, the, the championship. Um, people are saying but, it's like four it's in a row, but it's not. It's This is the first Aotearoa, so they won three <laughs> Super Rugby championships in a, in a row, and then one of these. I refuse to call it a four-piece. Yeah. They probably would have won Super Rugby. Yeah, that's fine, but Sharks you can't. Won. But you're, you, know, you can't, you can't, you can't say that the world wasn't built on problems. Fuck, Alex. <laughs> Alex, what did you just say? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was. I think I think Ant just fell out of his chair. I think Ant just fell out of his chair <laughs> at this point. Sorry, someone someone hacked, hacked my PayPal and made me sad. <laughs> are, are they threatening to 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 sell your the nine rand you've been saving there for a crispy strip? <laughs> yeah, my my rainy day, rainy day fund. But um, yeah, look, what is there to say about the Crusaders that that if it hasn't already been said? I mean, they are simply the best, right? Like, there's no two two ways about it. Um, like they barely even broke a broke a sweat. In this competition, um, yeah, and they just and the, this is this competition's hard, eh? Yeah, this is harder yeah. than Super Rugby. Yeah, I mean it's strength versus strength. Like all the all the New Zealand teams, I feel like have pitched up except for the Chiefs. Um, but like you know, looking at the yeah. uh, looking at the Super Rugby AU te- uh, log, for example, um, the Rebels have the, the highest points difference on thirty four. And the Crusaders have 71 points difference. So, like, they've they've won their games quite handily. Like, they never really had to sweat against too many people. I mean, let's look at the, the round. So, round two, they beat the Hurricanes by 14. Round three, they got away with a five-point win over the Chiefs. Round four, 20 points over the Landers. Round five... 11 points over the Blues, who everyone expected were going to be the ones to put up a fight. Um, then they had a bye. Round 7, okay, they lost to the Hurricanes. Sorry, I completely forgot that they lost a game. <laughs> All that yeah, talk they about lost them. the game. All that talk about them being, like, unbeatable. Yeah, the Hurricanes beat them. That was I forgot about that. That was only two weeks ago. Jeez, I'm getting old. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, the, the thing is, like, they... We we spoke about it a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Tasman signing up Reese, but like just the depth of players, like the fact that they can, you know, lose a guy like David Havili, who I thought going into this year I felt like David Havili was probably the best outside back in Super Rugby, um, or at least the most overrated. Like, uh, sorry, underrated. Like he, I've, I mean, you guys know I'm a huge fan of David Havili, and they lose him pretty early on, mm. and like Will Jordan is just. Can we can we officially start calling him? Uh, you know how Ben Ben Smith has always been from accounts. Can we start calling Will Jordan Will from marketing? Will, Will from HR. Will from HR. Uh, yeah, he does. He, he does have enough of a. I think his his hair is 
fashionable enough for him to be a member of a marketing I team. I think, yeah, he screams marketing for me. Like, he's got that kind of mm. marketing smile. Like he, yeah, look, you, like, he cares, like he cares enough about his appearance. Like he has to go to like client you, meetings. You could you could see him you could see him wearing um, a dark blue um, cotton shirt buttoned all the way up, but no tie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like mm. uh, jeans. And that's the, that's the most that's the most marketing thing you can do. So I mean, Will Will from marketing okay. is just on another level. He's he really does feel like Ben Smith reincarnate. Like his ability to 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 run so quickly like look like he's got so much time on the ball because he's not he's not super quick like i don't feel like he's the quickest guy on the team he's obviously not the strongest guy on the team he's not the most agile guy on the team but somehow he like performs at a level that no one else in the team seems able to match um severis is finding his form he he beat eight tackles this week which is pretty impressive um george bridge got a double uh, he didn't really work too hard for them but really good team tries that came along uh Bryn hall butchered a, a gimme <laughs> there was a, a try on a silver platter for Bryn hall who's the only crusader that alex hornsby doesn't have in his fantasy team uh and jonah nareki reeled him in from the other side not from the other side of the field but uh Bryn hall had a pretty good head start and jonah nareki reeled him in uh jonah oh, nareki Bryn, Bryn, uh, almost he, he himself almost got reeled in by reese when he went for his try yeah so imagine 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 reese chasing Bryn hall Straight away, just, yeah, like, he'd catch up with him and like run a few circles around him and then tackle him. I, I, I have he a chases theory him down and the, tackles the, him from the front. Yeah, I have, a, I have a theory that the Crusaders play Bryn Hall to um, deliberately nerf themselves. Yeah, it's obviously not working. No, no, it isn't. Like, they need a few other shit players. Maybe they need to bring that Dallas McLeod guy back. I, I thought he was pretty good. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe no, he was pretty good. Do you know what they need to bring him to Nerf? There was uh, Brett Cameron. Brett Cameron, yeah. <laughs> Start Brett Cameron over Bryn Hall from now on. Yeah. Over Brett Hall. Over Richie Moaga. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. But, um, Actually, would, uh, that might what, happen what this do you, weekend. Do, do you agree with them getting the trophy now? Well, it's normal, isn't it? Like, that's isn't what that do. what the well, Premier League Well, not does. really, because normally we get a final series. But, no, but um, isn't that you know, like what a, the, the like the Premier do. League and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah. So yeah, well done to the Crusaders. Do you, is there anything else you guys want to bring up from this game? Richie Moring is mm, fucking nah. ridiculous as a human being and as a rugby player. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the Highlanders. Uh, look, I mean, Shannon Frizzell, I thought, played really well. Um, I felt like Josh, think, Ione, think jo- Josh Ione was really good. Yeah, he had a good game. Um, I don't know. To me, they just lack anything outside their pack, the Landers. Mm. I mean, I guess. Like, but... there's no... Yeah. It's, I don't well, know, like, it's... All, yeah. like, all three of their outside backs, none of them would even sniff the Crusaders like squad yeah yeah I don't know I mean it's it's, it's tricky because they've always been that kind of a team that was like sort of reliant on on team unity more than individuals I mean they've got Aaron Smith obviously and they used to have Ben Smith but other than that mm-hmm. like they're used to having a kind of team of no namers um, and I don't know like you feel like they're you know picking up a few guys like like Frizzell Michele Tu'u and like Jenna Nareki well, the, the, 
Yeah, but this is be like they getting all sees all their strength seems to be in their loose forwards now. Yeah. Oh shit! I I credited Jonah Nareki with chasing Brynhall, but it was Josh Mackay. I've just realised. Sorry, well, Josh Mackay. Well, the fastest white man in the world. Yeah. Of course he caught. And it. yet so forgettable. Yeah. Did you see uh, Colin sure. Isles is trying to qualify for the Olympics? Oh no, I didn't. But I saw he was running hundred yeah. meter sprints again. No, so so he's trying to qualify for the Olympics. Uh, That's his but he was running thing. like okay. He was running like ten one, ten two, wasn't he? At least yeah, in the clip I'm, I saw. Yeah, but I don't know if. Well, but apparently that like that's the, sort of his his like base level now. So. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, obviously that's fucking ridiculously quick. But is that quick enough to make yeah, the US Olympic team? I feel like there are uh, four guys in the US who are quicker than that. Yeah, but maybe mm. he has like a, a, a you know, a Nigerian grandparent or something that he can qualify through. Yeah. As you know, Nigeria has probably got quite fast sprinters. Yeah. Maybe like Belgium. I can't imagine they have very fast sprint. Yeah. They're too tall, Belgians. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. What country has low gravity? Low gravity? Yeah, because I feel like they're bad sprinters. Well, I mean, I guess... They're just like be... short squat people. High yeah. gravity, high gravity, sorry, high. Short <laughs> <Yeah>. squat. <laughs> high gravity. I mean, the technically, oh, well, yeah. technically the closer you are to... Like, the, the lower your altitude... The lower the altitude, the higher the gravitational strength between you and the Earth will be, right? So just like... If it's so Holland, no, no. Holland's the most... Is that is that right? Yeah. Because um, it's, uh, it's... I mean, gravity's... Uh, it's essentially... It, what is it? It's it's directly proportional to the size... To the mass of the object. Inversely the proportional the to the distance yeah. between them. Is that right? Yeah. So, okay, so, so the closer the closer you are to the center of the Earth, the more gravity is acting upon you. Yes, that's my understanding yeah. of it. God, it's been a long time since I've okay, so I'm things. <laughs> so what? So where where's the Dead Sea? The Dead Sea. Dead Sea's. Well, I'm sea. staying with. No, but I'm saying Holland because I think they all. I mean, they're the country with that's like the most below sea level, so they're technically the country that's closest. Yes. Okay. That's my feeling is well. no no but but then then like the, all the like the top sprinters at the moment all seem to come from jamaica and i can't imagine that's very high above sea level no it isn't which which i think maybe points to a flaw mm. in our logic yeah. damn it <laughs> fuck man you've, you've ruined also, the system already <laughs> i also think when you're using the size of an earth as a scale like <laughs> um it, yeah there isn't there isn't much variation between you know holland and nepal i feel like this particular rabbit hole we've gone down is a dead end yeah, are we going to call it a night, guys? Perhaps a sign that yeah. uh, we need to, to yeah. call it into the episode as a whole. Uh, gents, thank you very much, Matt. Um, I hope you continue mm. to have a good week. Um, Thanks, and you too. Thank you. Ben, I hope you continue to have a good week. Thank you. I hope you too, too, Alex. Good, thank you. Um, I hope that you're both uh, correct in that I will have a good week because I've got a very busy day tomorrow full of meetings that I don't want to go to. But uh, maybe some of them will be cancelled. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Well, especially the one you've worked eighteen months for. Yeah, that one—that's the only one I want to go ahead. Um, I've got one. Of oh, the no. I didn't mean to jinx it there. I'm sorry if I jinxed it. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one of four. I'm touching like six kinds of wood. Four o'clock. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, but I've got I one at four o'clock tomorrow the, afternoon with uh, with Ben's cousin, which is my performance review. So. Well, that one can get cancelled. Yeah, fine. that can be cancelled. I need I need more time to perform. 
before I get reviewed. Exactly. But anyway, good. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope everyone who's listening has a good week. And uh, enjoy the last week of Super Rugby Aotearoa. It's going to be sad when it's gone, but uh, hopefully Super Rugby Mzanzi can come along and fill that void very soon. Thanks again, everyone. Um, keep well, and we'll chat to you again next week. Cheers. Cheers, guys.